Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast, hosted by nutritional coach Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica. Hi guys and welcome to episode number 83 of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica Tai, your nutritional therapy practitioner. And as always, I am excited to be here again with you guys this week. So for this episode, before we get started, I have some fun things to announce and talk to you guys about. So um, some exciting things happening over at my website. Um, first of all, if you visit my website, which is jessicatai.com, you will see that there's been a few different things added. Um, one exciting thing is, is I have just recently made a brand new ebook. Um, and I would love to be able to send that to you guys. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, um, you can head over there, www.jessicatai.com, and uh, you'll kind of scroll down a little bit and you'll see a link that you can click on that says click here to get your free ebook, and it'll shoot you over to where you can fill out your form so I can send that to you via email. So the first one that I am offering and that I just completed is a workbook. It's a seven-day workbook for how to get your keto lifestyle started right. So I think it'll be really good um, for you to use. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, it's just <clears throat> seven days of uh, one tip, one different thing that you'll do every day. And it's in writing, in front of you, gives you the information, it's beautiful pictures. So it really kind of, I think it'll help keep you on track and just kind of make it a little easier to follow and like be able to do this and feel like at the end of the week, like, oh my gosh, look at that. I'm ready to uh, get going in my new keto lifestyle. So that's announcement number one. Announcement number two is that I also have a new class starting. So if if you have been wanting to do coaching with me, I know I've got quite a wait list going right now for one-on-one -on -one coaching. I don't have the ability to take on any more one-on-one -on -one clients right now. I think I'm up to a three or four month wait at this period in time. But um, if you are really looking forward to getting started uh, with keto and uh, you might enjoy the option of just doing this online. So this is the first time that I am offering group classes classes online and I think it's going to be really great. I'm pretty excited about it. We're going to do a six-week course. So again, if you head over to my website, jessicatai.com, you can click on the link uh, for the class information, and it will shoot you over to the landing page for the classes. You can watch a quick video, get a little more information. You can read about them. Um, and then you can, again, give me your name and email address. And then once I get that information, I will send you the link where you can register for the classes. We are starting the classes next Wednesday. So that is June 26th and they will be every Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So the first four weeks will be live through a Zoom online classroom. And uh, those, again, those will be live. They will be recorded. So don't worry if you can't make the seven o'clock start time, um, it will still be recorded. And as long as you have signed up for the class, you will be emailed the link so you have access to those recordings. So 
that should be pretty awesome. And then the next, or the last two weeks will be recorded sessions. So um, again, those will be available on Wednesdays and they will be recorded. So you can go in and watch those at your leisure. You don't have to feel like you're going to miss them. And um, I'm going to do a seven a seventh bo- a week bonus uh, session, same time, same place in the Zoom classroom. And I'm just going to do a live Q&A. So if you've been with me through the six-week course, um, that seventh week will just be optional if you want to join us. And um, I think it's a great time to learn from other students in the classroom and other people that have questions and things that maybe came up during the time that you didn't have time to ask in the class setting or you just forgot about or something new that's come up or questions you have about how to keep moving forward. Um, You'll also be enrolled in a private online, or I'm sorry, a private Facebook room um, group that that I will moderate. So you'll be able to interact with me in there and you will have, you'll be registered into that Facebook group forever. So you can always, anytime you have a question come up or anytime you need something, you'll be able to reach out to me through there. So I think that's really fun. I think it's going to be really exciting. I can't wait to meet you guys. And I am doing this class at the unbelievable introductory rate of $47 a person. I know that's insane. And yes, you heard that right. 47 as in 47, $47. That's all it is for this online class. That is probably not going to be a number that you're going to hear again going forward. Um, But for this very first online experience, that's what I'm offering it for. Um, I am going to limit the amount of people that get into that class. So if you're interested, make sure you hurry up and sign up now. If you do miss the first classes, again, they will be recorded. So if you happen to listen to this podcast and it's the end of June and you're like, oh no, I missed the first class. I can't do it now. Don't worry. You can still join. Um, You can still sign up and you will just get access to whatever classes you've missed. They will be recorded. So you'll have access to those and you'll be able to watch those and get caught up. And that'll still get you entry um, into the remaining weeks as well as the live Q&A on week seven and the private Facebook group, etc. I'm also going to send everybody that signs up for the class my personal um, recipe collection. It's about 50 or so recipes, and I'm having that um, made into a beautiful ebook as well. So um, you will have that um, as part of signing up for this class as well. So you get a free cookbook out of the deal, and um, and some great PDFs and workbooks that will be sent exclusively to people that are in this class. So. Um, I hope that you guys will sign up. So go ahead and run over to the website and get signed up before the spots fill up. And then the final announcement that I have that I'm also really excited about is I have recently been um, approved to have an Amazon storefront. So I'm really excited about this. And I don't know if you guys know much about it, but you have to go through like quite a... um, like quite a, a, a process to get signed up to have an Amazon storefront. I was like, oh my goodness. So currently I have a storefront. I've got about um, 120, 130 of my favorite items. These are items that my family uses. 
um, on a regular basis. So uh, they are tried and true by us. If you would like to head over to my webpage, again, there is a link to that Amazon storefront. You can click on that and um, you'll be able to see all the products that we use, that I like, that I stand behind in one place. And you can just click on those and order right from there. And it works just like your normal Amazon um, when you go to Amazon typically and buy your own things. So um, the, the bonus for me is if you buy them through my storefront, I do get a little bit of a commission on the back end. So it doesn't cost you any more. They don't charge you any extra, but I really appreciate the help and it helps me to be able to keep doing what I'm doing here and kind of help um, to be able to to be able to do all of this stuff that I do for free. So I really appreciate that. I appreciate your guys' help and ordering things through there. And it's really nice just to have everything in one place and you can just click on it and you feel like, hey, I know who's recommending this and I know it's gonna be a good product. So I do have a lot of kind of sweets and treats and snacks on there. Um, because I do have five kids and this is real life and they, um, I do have some teenagers that are not keto and uh, do not want to pretend to be keto, but I will not buy them the typical junk at the grocery store. So if they want a cookie or something like that, um, they, have to buy, they have to eat what I have in the house or they have to go buy their own junk because I won't buy it. So these are, um, I would say, better alternatives to some of the packaged foods and stuff like that out there. Um, I also have some of the gadgets and things like that that I like to use, um, kitchen gadgets and, and things. Those are on there and um, some books and just things like that. So um, if you guys have any tips or suggestions for me on other products that you like and you would like to see me add to that storefront so you can um, show other people where they can go to get great products, please send me those tips and suggestions. I would love to try those products out. And if I'm on board with those products, I will put them in there. Please know that you will never find anything in my storefront that I do not personally use or would not personally use. You will never find it. Um, I don't care what somebody offers to pay me. I get advertising um, you know, offers on this for this podcast all the time. Um, where people want me, you know, want to pay me to talk about their products. And I'm not saying that I will never do that. I, you know, I got to make a living like everybody else, but I would never do that if it is not a product that I personally use and stand behind. Um, I just, it means way too much to me that you guys uh, trust me and you respect my opinion and I do not want to lose that trust. So um, anything you find in that storefront, you can know that I use it and I um, stand behind the product. Okay, so that's the only announcements I have for this week, guys. And so let's get into the episode. Um, I have two things I wanna talk about. Um, first, I'm gonna give you my five tips for getting started in your keto lifestyle. So I think these are five um, fairly easy tips, fairly easy things that you can do to get started and um, get going in the right direction. So you can kind of like, clear out some of the noise. Don't worry about what everybody else is saying. It's so confusing. You're like, How, where do I start? What do I do? There's so many different things. Um, I tried to compile just five easy tips to get you going and hopefully you guys will be able to do these with me. All right, so let's get started. 
Okay guys, so number one on my top five tips for getting started the right way with your keto lifestyle. This is a beautiful PDF, uh, by the way, that <laughs> I will be sharing with those of you that do sign up to get the PDF. Um, it's kind of nice to have these things in writing and kind of have it in front of you so you can refer back to it. So tip number one, begin reducing your carb intake. So I think that's the very first step. That's the easiest thing to do, right? And it really is the one thing, it's, it's kind of the lever that has the most impact as far as uh, being able to get into, keto into ketosis and stay there. Um, now, this is really good for any you know, lifestyle at all, whether you want to actually be in the metabolic state of ketosis or not, just reducing your carb intake is huge, right? I mean, this, there's so many health implications uh, that, that come with just this one simple step. So this is a really great, it's why it's my number one tip. So just begin by reducing it. So I think the easiest way to do this is to eliminate carbs with the exception of veggies from two meals a day. So this means if you want to do carbs with breakfast, then just don't have any with lunch or dinner. Or if uh, you want to have some carbs with your dinner, then just don't have any for breakfast or lunch. Like I feel like that is the easiest way to start. So just two meals a day. That's all you have to worry about eliminating carbs from. Now, when, um, when I'm talking about carbohydrates, because uh, you know not everybody understands what a carbohydrate is, and that's okay. Um, we have three main macronutrients. So you have your carbohydrates, your fats, and your proteins, right? So this is definitely something that we will be going over in my upcoming uh, keto classes that we're doing online, because I think understanding this is a really big deal. And if it, you know, when you know better, you can do better. But if you don't know what the macronutrients are and you don't understand how those are affecting your body, it's really hard to understand why you shouldn't even be eating them, right? Like if you don't know what they are, you, you don't even understand like, well, what exactly am I trying to stay away from? So carbohydrates are going to be um, the most po you know popular or the ones that you're probably eating, especially if you're just kind of eating a standard American diet, are going to be breads, pasta, rice, um, quinoa, corn, any of that stuff, that's carbohydrates. Sugar is a carbohydrate. So anything starchy, white potatoes, like white potatoes, very carb heavy. Um, breads, like sandwich breads and rolls at dinner and um, cinnamon rolls, donuts, cakes, all of that stuff is carbs, right? Spaghetti, um, you know, anything like that. Whole grain pastas, whole grain breads, all of that stuff, that is all carbohydrates, very high in carbs. And regardless if it's whole grain or you know, if it sounds healthy, looks healthy, those carbs still turn to sugar in your body. That is how your body processes them. That is the only way that it can be processed. So don't let the marketing gimmicks fool you into thinking that, oh, well, it's a healthy whole grain, so that's okay. I can eat that. That's not the same as sugar. As far as your body's concerned and the way your body breaks those carbohydrates down, it is exactly the same. So, um, so that's the tip number one, stay away from the carbohydrates for two meals a day. 
Not so hard, right? Just two meals, that's all. You can, you can start there. That's an easy place to start. Okay, the second tip number two is to increase your healthy fat consumption. So this one can actually be a lot harder than it sounds. Like it's easy to say that. Increase your healthy fat consumption. Okay, how hard can that be? No big deal, right? But this one can actually be hard because of two reasons. Number one, so many of us, especially women, I like to point out the women, I am one myself, so I feel like I'm somewhat of an expert on the subject. Women especially, we tend to really have a mental block and an emotional block when it comes to fat. We have spent, most of us, so many years fearing fat, thinking fat is bad, fat will make you fat, you know, we could just go on and on for hours probably talking about all of the misconceptions about fat. So um, that is a, that's a tough one to get over for women. Also, the, I think the other, the second reason that makes it hard to increase your healthy fat consumption is sometimes we don't even know what that means. Like what, so let's say we've gotten over the mental or emotional hurdle of, okay, fine, I accept fat. I realize it's not going to make me fat. I'm going to eat more fat. But then we don't even know where to start. We're like, well, what does that mean? You just told me I can't have carbohydrates. So I would be increasing fat if I had like French fries, right? Because they're cooked in vegetable oil. Well, but you just told me I can't have white potatoes. So how am I supposed to increase my fat? Or, you know, we, we have these or, you know, a fatty salad dressing. Well, that would be great. I would love to eat a bunch of buttermilk ranch salad dressing. But that's, you know, that's got a ton of carbs in it because there's all this sugar in it. And you just told me to stay away from sugar and carbs. That is exactly right. You need to stay away from those things. So the best fats to incorporate into your diet are going to be things like MCT oils. So that is just a medium chain triglyceride fat. And that is, you're going to get that from coconut oil. Um, you can find MCT oils uh, that are they're just everywhere now. You can get them in your grocery store, your vitamin store, online. I mean, they're everywhere. Super easy to come by. If you actually, oops, sorry guys. Um, we are having a flood alert here. <laughs> and even though I have my phone turned off, I still get the alerts. Um, so we are, um, so you can get those fats pretty much anywhere. And if you go to my website, you will be able to get, um, link, find the link to my Amazon store and I have all kinds of great healthy fats listed there. So if you aren't sure what fats to add into your diet, go there. Any fat that I have listed on my page is a healthy fat for you to be eating. So some of those are going to include ghee. Um, ghee is clarified butter. So, and it's super good. Um, great to cook with. It's got a very high um, smoke point. So that's really good. Um, ghee is great. Duck fat is great. Okay, I just said that I had my phone turned off and then apparently I don't. Um, duck fat is great. Um, lard, like pork lard is good. Um, bacon fat, we reserve all of the leftover um, grease and fat from our bacon. So bacon fat is good. Um, you can do beef tallow. You can do olive oil, avocado oil. There's so many great options. Butter, just some good old grass-fed butter. Kerrygold is my absolute favorite. So, so good. I make like keto biscuits or keto um, corn-free bread and just put that stuff on like icing. I mean, it looks like frosting. <laughs> and it tastes like frosting. It's so good. The salted is amazing. 
So anyway, um, those are some great ways to get fats in. Um, I also like to add in some of the omega-6 fats. So um, there's, there's so much research behind how good both omega-3s and omega-6s are, but omega-3s are kind of the hero, and I get it, I understand why, but we can't neglect the omega-6s. Um, there are a lot of non-healthy and very oxidative and um, terrible omega-6 fats that we need to stay away from. That's all of your vegetable oils. Um, those we need to stay away from, but there are some really good ones too. And when you move to this keto lifestyle, we have a tendency to move so far away from the omega-6s that it's actually really good to add some of those back in. So my two of my favorites are hemp oil, um, hemp seed oil, and pine nut oil. So um, both of those are excellent. <clears throat> I think I've talked to, about those in, in previous podcasts. Also, um, when I hate to keep referring, well, I don't hate to keep, I mean, it's good. You should hear about it. Um, in my class that I will be doing online, we will have some, uh, we will be going over some of these healthy fats and like, when is the best times to be using them? What smoke points mean? Why these are things are important. And you will be getting a PDF that explains all of that. And hopefully you will be able to put into like your cookbook or I'm hoping that each what we're going to talk about is that each student will will create their own binder full of this information as I've got some beautiful PDFs and and beautiful handouts to be able to send you and 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 whatnot that is going to give you all this information so you don't have to remember it you'll be able to flip through your binder and find all of this so um, that's good. So it's it's important, guys, when you're cutting out the extra carbs that you're replacing them with plenty of healthy fats. And I know there's a lot of debate about what does plenty of healthy fats mean? Like how much should I be adding in? I believe wholeheartedly, and I have seen this clinically with clients, this is what I see. In the beginning, in the first stages of going into this keto lifestyle, you do not have to think about how much fat you're eating other than eat a lot of it. I don't want you to worry about restricting it. I don't want you to feel like, oh my gosh, maybe this is too much. Should I have a tablespoon, a teaspoon? Just eat all the fat. Eat it until you're full. The wonderful thing about fat is if you've had too much of it, you're going to know. You're going to feel like, oh, I can't have another bite. It's incredibly satiating. Um, and I and I really want to use this time in the beginning of this lifestyle change for you to just get you kind of over the mental hurdle of staying away from fat. Because even though you can feel like, oh, I don't really think it's a big deal for me and no problem, I'll eat all the fat, it's still in there. I mean, I remember when I started this lifestyle, I thought, you know, okay, great. I, have, I can eat all the butter and bacon and, you know, whatever that I want. Super. I'll just gobble it all up. I've always loved avocados, felt guilty for eating them. So sign me up. Where do I start? But in the back of my mind, even as I started, even as I told myself, this is amazing, great, you know, I can just eat as much fat as I want. In the back of my mind, I still always had that little nagging feeling like, should I really put that butter on my food? Should I really be eating this avocado with a spoon and some salt? Like, oh, I feel like maybe I shouldn't be doing this. It's still kind of ingrained in us because we've grown up with this. So just kind of helping to get yourself over this and realize, I mean, once you eat all of this fat all the time and you feel so good and you're so satiated and the weight is like falling off, you're just like, oh my gosh, 
this is amazing. Like it really changes your whole outlook on fat. But kind of for me, until I was able to experience that myself, I wasn't able to kind of get rid of that that mindset. So cook your vegetables in all of this um, bacon fat and avocado oil and, you know, drizzle the avocado oil and the olive oil on your protein, put butter on your protein, ghee. So not only is everything going to taste so much better, you guys, but you're really going to be helping your body to see that fat is a plentiful food source for you and that glucose is not readily available anymore. And you are gonna be helping your body to switch into that fat burning mode and really be able to produce ketones and you are gonna be running like amazing. I mean, you're just not even gonna believe it. When it starts kicking in and you're like using fat and ketones for fuel, you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, where have you been all of my life, ketones? (laughs) So, just get get all the fat on your plate to start with. Okay, tip number three. Oh, this is going to make me super unpopular, and I'm so sorry. I apologize in advance, okay? Please don't hate me. Tip number three, you have to stop consumption of any alcohol, including wine. I know, I know, I know, I know. I can feel people like rearing back tomatoes in hand just ready to launch them at the stage, right? <laughs> so... I am so sorry. Listen, I am a wine lover. I I, I like spirits. I mean, I a good reposado tequila or a good, you know, bourbon or whiskey on the rocks. Oh my gosh, I'm your girl all day long. Don't give me any club soda with that or any mixers. No way, man. I want my spirits straight up. I want a good, heavy, bold, deep wine, complex. Yes, I just, my mouth's watering talking about it. So I get it. I totally get it. But I am not asking you to do anything that I didn't do myself. I'm asking you in the beginning, it is going to set the stage for how successful you can be in this lifestyle. You need to walk away from the alcohol for the first bit of this. Now, I typically will say you need to step away from it three to six months. I know that seems like forever, right? Three to six months, but it's not that long. The reason I say three-month minimum is you're allowing your body to really, this is a this is a big process for your body to switch over. It, it, there's, there's so many enzymes at play. There's, there's so many things that your body has to do to be able to start adequately and effectively and efficiently using fat for fuel when you have been most likely using glucose for fuel for probably the majority of your life, if not your entire life. So it's really difficult when you add in the complication of alcohol. Not only because alcohols, many, most of them, especially wine, is going to contain sugar, but alcohol, continuing to drink alcohol will also make it harder for you to get rid of the cravings for other carbohydrates and sugars. Um, and 
when you are consuming alcohol, your liver has to deal with that first. So it's not able to concentrate on other things like making ketones. So it's really, really important that we, that we just get that out of the equation so we're not muddying the waters. We're not complicating anything. Let your body really focus on getting good at using fat, on being able to get in and stay in ketosis, at becoming metabolically flexible, then... And only then can you add back in the alcohol and at very small doses. If you're a beer drinker, my opinion is you cannot be a beer drinker again. Like that's, I think you need to just be done with that. Um, If you want to, I don't like the term cheat, but if you just love beer and you decide that, hey, you know, later on in your journey, you want to have a beer at a family picnic with everybody else or whatever, fine. Or at a ball game, that's totally on you. Like you have to make that decision. But I'm saying in the beginning, for sure, we need to cut it out. And for me, with my clients, I don't think there's a place for beer. I just think beer is, um, there's just not a place for it. I'm sorry. I just can't find, I can't find enough um, what am, what am I trying to say? Like redeeming qualities about beer to make it okay to add back in. But, uh, spirits and, um, you know, vodka, tequila, and, uh, like whiskey or bourbon, I can get behind some of that. Um, and then a glass of red wine a few times a week. I don't see a problem with that. So, um, so the good news is that I'm not asking you to give this up forever, but this is a super important um, part to your body transitioning and to being able to use fat for fuel. And like I said, it's also going to help you with your cravings for sugar and carbs while you transition. So um, typically, like I said, three months, uh, three to six, but three months for sure as you transition into this new lifestyle, okay? Um, okay, tip four. This one's a lot easier, not a big deal. Drink plenty of water, that's all. Like we are pretty much chronically you know, deficient in water. We are always dehydrated. We are, we drink as a country, as a whole, we drink so many other liquids, so many other fluids, coffee. I mean, coffee's got to be number one. I don't have the stats in front of me, but I've, it's got to be right. Coffee, soda, teas, even if you're not drinking things that are full of sugar, you're probably still drinking those things that are, um, that are, that are, um, why can I not even think? Cause my thing keeps beeping at me and dinging at me while I'm <laughs> trying to record this podcast. Um, so it's easy to become dehydrated drinking those types of things, um, like coffees and teas. And we don't realize that when we're drinking those, we need to be upping our water intake. Um, it's really important. Like those are diuretics, coffee and tea. Those are diuretics. Even if you don't have sweeteners in them or anything like that. It's not that they're bad, but they are diuretics. So we are causing our bodies to dump water and drinking those in place of water. And then we can't figure out why, you know, we're chronically dehydrated and we have all these different issues. Do you guys know that like headaches, joint pains, dizziness, um, leg cramps, and hey, when we're going into uh, trying to get into ketosis and we're in the beginning of this transition, 
the whole keto flu thing, that is largely dependent on how dehydrated you are. So you want to do everything that you can to not allow that to happen. And drinking water is the number one thing we can do. Um, this is, I feel like, is often probably the most overlooked part of transitioning into this lifestyle. So as we reduce the amount of glucose that we are storing in our body, our kidneys are going to dump excess water that's associated with that. So you've got to replenish that. You have to drink plenty of water. So ideally, you need to drink half of your body weight in ounces daily, not to exceed 128 ounces daily. So if you drink coffee or tea, then those are diuretics and you have to add a one and a half times that amount of those beverages back in as water. Um, also, adding a pinch of sea salt and or lemon to one or two servings of water per day is gonna really give you the electrolyte benefits and should really help you with the dreaded keto flu. My personal favorite way to get electrolytes is through a company called um, Keto Chow. So if you have not heard of them or aren't familiar with what electrolytes are or why that's important, um, again, go to my website and you can follow my Amazon link and Keto Chow is listed in there. They're, they have electrolyte mix, they have a magnesium blend, and they have a, flat, a fasting blend. These are colorless, odorless, flavorless uh, add-ins add for your water. So you can literally just put several drops into a glass of water once or twice a day and you will be staving off the whole keto flu thing. You will be making sure that you are holding on to all those electrolytes that you need so it's really important. Um, another tip that I like to give people, because a lot of times people say, well, I think I drank enough water, but I can't remember. I don't know how many times I filled up this water bottle. Um, one thing I love to do is go to the store. You can go to like Claire's Boutique in the malls. You know, malls have those. Or um, if you're not familiar with Claire's, I don't know, you could probably go to the dollar store and get little rubber bracelets like these little plastic, not pla I don't, I wouldn't want plastic ones like moving around and making all the noise on my wrist all day. But these little rubber ones are almost like rubber hair bands. Or if you can get rubber hair bands that are big enough, you can put those on your wrist. You just don't want to use like regular hair bands, like ponytail holders that are, that are going to be tight on your wrist. But um, there's so many varieties of these things out now. Find you some of those. Put and put those on your wrist. So if you know that you have a, that you're supposed to drink, um, let's say you're supposed to drink 70 ounces of water a day. You're a 140 pound person. You're supposed to drink 70 ounces of water a day. And your mug that you carry around with you all day is 10 ounces. Maybe you have a Tervis that's 10 ounces and that's what you're going to drink. You're going to fill that up and you're going to drink that 10 ounce mug seven times a day. Put seven of those bands on your wrist. Every time you empty one of those mugs or turvises or whatever you're drinking of water, take one of those bands off and put it on your water cup. So do that every single time you empty it. Then refill your water cup and then drink it down again. And then when you finish the water, take another band off, put it on your water cup. So at the end of the day, you should have a wrist that has no more bands on it. And if you still have bands, then you know that you need to up your water intake tomorrow. You need to be doing 
better at getting more of those in. So maybe at the end of the day, you have two bands left. You're like, oh man, I'm 20 ounces down on how much water I should have been drinking. I'm not going to suggest that you down 20 ounces of water right before bed. <laughs> maybe you want to like try to catch up on like half of that or something. Um, but, you know, drink, just know that tomorrow, maybe you need to try to get down an, a, another extra glass in the morning and then maybe want it one like midday like because it's not that much you were only two off right so not that big of a deal but that's a great way to keep track of them and then those bands are on your mug so it's really easy to then take those um, the next day and put them right back on your wrist and then you're ready to go for the next day okay guys my fifth tip number five of the top five tips to get you started is cut out snacking I know we talk a lot about snacking in the keto world, I am no exception to that. If you go to my Amazon page, my storefront, you will find lots of snacks. Um, largely, that's because I am a mom of five and three of those children are boys. One is a very active little girl and they want to eat all the time and that's okay. They're growing and as long as I am providing them with good, healthful um foods that are helping their bodies to grow. I don't mind if they snack. That's fine. Um, they're largely eating fat, so I'm not stoking insulin constantly with them. And so it's fine. But in general, as adults especially, we don't want to be snacking in between meals. That is, unless you're snacking on just flat out fat, um, which is hard to find, by the way, that's something that's just 100% fat that you're actually going to put in your mouth and eat and enjoy as a snack. Um, probably not going to happen. So, you know, most things are made up of, of a blend of macronutrients. You know, there's going to be some fat, some protein, a little bit of carbs, you know, whatever. Um, so in, in the only exception to stoking insulin is just pure straight up fat. Otherwise, every time you eat something, every time you put something in your mouth, you're going to have an insulin response because you're going to raise your blood glucose. The problem with doing that is we is insulin, among doing many, many other things, does cause your body to store fat. So there's no way around it. There's no way to avoid it. It's what's going to happen. If you don't use what you're eating at that very moment, you're going to store it. It's great. That's the way our body's intended to be, right? We need to store that because we need to be able to use it at a later date. But the problem is if we're snacking throughout the day, think about how much we are stoking insulin, how much we are storing because we don't need all that food right now. We're just snacking. So trying to cut that out is a really big deal. That's really super helpful. So eating between meals keeps our insulin spike throughout the day and it's the opposite of what we want, especially if you're looking to lose weight. And I know not everybody comes to keto to lose weight, but a lot of us do. And when you're coming for weight loss, you definitely do not want to be doing that. So kick out the old, you know, stuff that we've heard. I don't even know what you want to call it. Um, advice, uh, if, even though it wasn't advice, or maybe it was advice, it was just really horrible advice. But kick all of that out of your brain that tells you that you need to graze throughout the day, or you need to keep your metabolism stoked by eating constantly, or that you need to have five to six small meals throughout the day. All of that is bogus baloney lies. There is absolutely zero scientific anything to back any of those statements, okay? It's a really great way for big food to make lots of money because the more you snack, the more food you have to buy. And let's face it, 
what are most people snacking on? They're not snacking on, in general, berries and, um, you know, protein like steak and, you know, whatnot. They're snacking on granola bars and chocolate chip cookies and donuts and popcorn and crackers. And that's what people snack on. And candies. Those are the things that you have to go to the grocery store and purchase from these big companies. You know, people aren't snacking on carrots out of the garden um, in general. <laughs> so so watch the snacking, okay? That's that's my fifth tip. Try to stay away from it. And it is doable. Just make sure that you're eating, eating plenty of food at your meals. Really, again, let's go back to the focusing on fats, really adding in those fats, guys, those healthy fats. Fat's the most satiating macronutrient that we have. So if you get plenty of it, your body begins to utilize it as your preferred fuel source. You're fuller longer and snacking becomes a thing of the past. It's not even something you think about anyway. So get away from the snacking. Let's cut that out and uh, get going on this keto lifestyle. All right, guys. So that is my five tips. The last thing I want to talk about before I close out this episode is I had a great email actually just came in. And I know I apologize if you're someone that sent an email a long time ago or a while back and you're like, wait a minute, why are you not addressing mine if this one just came in? Um, This was, I thought, a great thing to touch on. And I hear this question a lot and there's so much confusion around it. So I really wanted to read this and just kind of give you my two cents. Um, This came in from Chad. Uh, Chad says, hi, Jessica. I'm a 40-year-old man and I just started listening to your podcast. I love it. Why, thank you, Chad. And I'm so glad that you're listening. You provide such great information and stories. Thank you. You're welcome. And he says, I have a question that I haven't been able to find a direct answer for. I'm about three weeks into keto. Congrats, Chad. That's exciting. And I am also trying to do intermittent fasting plus exercise. I use the Carb Manager app to set up my macros and track my eating. The problem I'm running into is I find it very hard to meet my macros, especially with intermittent fasting. It's a lot of fat and calories. Is this a problem? Especially since I'm exercising. I'd also love to replace belly fat with more muscle, so I'm not just looking to lose weight, but rather lose belly fat and gain muscle. Is this even possible with keto and intermittent fasting? I just can't stuff so much food into my body in a small window of time. Thank you so much for this question, Chad. I think you articulated everything perfectly, and I love this question. So let me tell you my take on this. Um, And yes, I agree with Chad. There are so, I feel like nobody really answers this straight up. And I think there's so many conflicting uh, things out there that you hear and you're like, well, this person said intermittent fast, but then this person says, but don't skimp on your calories. But then this person says, I'm supposed to be eating all of this fat. And then this person says, I'm gonna go into starvation mode. And then I don't know what to do. Ah, (laughs) right, it's just so much. So the reason I think that you don't hear a lot of like straight up answers to a question like this is it is so bio-individual, okay? That's the number one. I know that sounds like a cop-out answer, but it is true. Um, Unfortunately, as much as we would like to everybody fit into a box and we, especially as a nutritionist, if everybody that came into my office, I could just say, hey, I figured out the formula. Here you go. Here's my secret formula. Follow this exactly and you're going to do perfect. Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. I wish sometimes that it did. 
Um, but I will say that my take on this, um, several things I want to say. Uh, okay, he says he's trying to do intermittent fasting plus exercise um, three weeks in. Okay, I admire your enthusiasm, Chad, and I think this is great that you are really like going for it and you're, it sounds like you are just sold on this and I think that's great. Um, but I would maybe caution you to not do too many things at once. So um, when I am working with somebody, when I'm coaching somebody to do keto specifically, um, I don't mind if they're working out in the beginning, although I do caution them that probably you're going to have a little less energy than you had before, um, those types of things. But I really don't want them doing too much. <clears throat> the reason why is when your body is going through this metabolic switch, this change up, it's getting used to this new way of eating and getting energy. I don't want to overly stress it. Exercise, any form of exercise, is stress to your body. It's just the way it is. And it's not that it's a bad thing, but it is a stress. So I hesitate to have anybody doing too much exercise while they're new into this lifestyle because it can just make things harder with your body. Now, I'm not saying you have to stop exercising, but I just think that you need to do maybe let up a little bit if you were used to exercising a lot, maybe if you're used to lifting heavy, you know, extra heavy, doing all those types of things. I usually have people like really slow down, do more like stretching, yoga, walking, that kind of thing. Just in the first month to two months, while your body is kind of getting used to this and kind of making this change over, right, to, to using ketones for fuel. So that's the first thing I would say. The second thing I would say is I also am cautious with intermittent fasting in the beginning. Um, I, I feel like throwing too much in the beginning is can be really overwhelming for the body. Because again, if you're not used to fasting, if you're not used to going long periods of time without food, and now all of a sudden you've quit giving your body the one fuel source that it's used to having, you're exercising even though your body's like, what the heck? Like, I don't have fuel. What are you doing? And you're not giving it fuel because you're intermittent fasting. Your body, your hormones are set up for freak out mode. So I am very cautious about having anyone do specifically those three things in the beginning of starting this keto lifestyle. It's just a lot of stressors. It's a lot that, that, is, that has a lot of impact on your hormones. And um, we really just don't want to throw all of that out of whack. So um, to answer your question then, uh, once now that I've said my piece about that, um, setting up your macros and tracking your eating and seeing that you're falling short on those days that you're intermittent fasting. Yes, um, you most likely will. So there is the saying that you may have heard. I've said it myself many, many times. When you feast, you feast. When you fast, you fast. So if you're intermittent fasting, I don't know how often you're doing this or what you're doing, because that, that is one part that you didn't lay out. So I don't know if every morning, let's say, because I know that's a very popular time, not only to exercise, but to, to fast. So let's say you're having dinner, and then you don't eat again until like lunchtime the next day. And so your intermittent fast is from dinner the night before until lunch the next day. And then you are working out somewhere in that time period. Then you are only eating maybe lunch and dinner, um, every day and trying to get in your calories. Now, I don't know how many calories you're eating. I'm going to guess that you are probably, 
I mean, you could be anywhere between two and 3,000 calories a day that you're trying to fit in there. Um, as a man who's exercising, and um, you know, I don't know how other factors are going to playing into this for you. Um, but yeah, it could be really hard to get that many calories in. So um, A, I would say you need to be very strategic about the way that you are eating and making sure that you're getting those in. And one really great way to do that is go back to what we were just talking about on the list of my five tips for getting started. And one of those is really upping your fat intake. So for you, Chad, in general, I would say one great way to be able to hit those calories is to really up the fat. Get a lot of fat in there. Um, and I know you're you're tracking your macros on the carb manager and you may have a hard time like kind of figuring out, well, what do I need to eat to get this in and, and, and all of that. And I can appreciate that. I don't mind tracking in the beginning. And I actually think it's very helpful so that you can kind of see what's in your food and, and how that's going. But don't get too obsessed about it. Um, I just, I caution people to um, just not hang everything on that macro tracker, right? Like just try while you're doing that, try really hard to be very, very cognizant of how you feel. Are you hungry? Are you lacking energy? Are you overly stuffed? Are you, um, do you have cravings? You know, are you getting good nutrition in? Are you getting your micronutrients, your vitamins, your minerals? Like those things are super important. Um, so I, I would be um, looking at that. Also, I want to say that sometimes you don't, you're not going to hit your macros um, or, or your calories. Like I'm a big proponent of not worrying about calories in, calories out necessarily in the way that we've been you know, taught and we've thought that we have to watch out for, but I'm a big proponent of getting enough calories because if you restrict your calories and you are not eating enough food day in and day out, your metabolism does reset to that. You will lower your set point. That is a fact. No way around that. So, um, so I'm very cautious about having people that are not eating enough food. So that being said, if you're intermittent fasting and you're trying to intermittent fast every single day and you're not hitting uh, your macros, you're not getting enough food, you're not getting enough calories every single day, then you need to stop intermittent fasting. It's really that simple. You need to eat food. So if you um, really like intermittent fasting, which by the way, I think is a fantastic tool um, for many, many things. Um, so I'm not knocking intermittent fasting, but if you are not able to get adequate amounts of fuel into your body and intermittent fast, then you've got to give up the intermittent fasting. Um, now, if you intermittent fast a few days a week, maybe two, three days a week, and on those days you're falling a little bit short, that's okay. Then on the days that you're eating, really eat. I mean, like, I want to see you eating. Like, just eat all the food. Like, fast. I'm sorry, feast. Like, just really get it in. Let your body see that you food is plentiful. You only were not eating during that, plen- that period of time because you did not want to eat during that period of time. But food is plentiful. You don't have to worry about storing. You don't have to worry about running out of food. You've got all the food that you need. So making sure that you are really feasting when you're feasting. And if you're fasting really fast and it's okay, we got to remember that our body isn't like, oh, it's been a 24 hour period. And in that 24 hour period, he only ate 1300 calories and that now it's the next 24 hour period. Oh my gosh, he ate 3000 calories. Oh, start storing the, start storing the fat. It doesn't work like that, right? 
So we need to make sure that we are just not going for numerous days in a row eating that 1,300 calories and our body finally goes, you know what? We've had uh, quite a period of time here that we've only got 1,300 calories a day coming in, whatever the day looks like, and uh, wow, we just don't have enough fuel. We're going to start kicking into storage mode here. we got to shut things down, slow things down. we got to slow down this metabolism because this guy's not getting enough food versus you have one 1,300 calorie day and then your next day you're at 2,800 calories, your body's like, meh, we're good, whatever, that's fine. He had a slip, he had a lean day, no big deal, we're good, we got plenty of food. That's what you gotta keep doing. Um, another way to do it, if you like to fast, Chad, and you're thinking like, this is really great, but I'm having a hard time getting in my calories on this day, um, one thing that I really like to do more than intermittent fasting, which I do intermittent fast, I sprinkle that in. In general, I'm not hungry in the mornings, um, but I, I try to always keep changing that up and I'm, I try not to keep the same eating pattern every day. Um, but one thing that I really like to do is I will fast one to two days per week that I just fast completely. So that's like a 24 to 48 hour period. So anything in there, maybe you fast 24 hours, maybe it's 36 hours, maybe it's 48, maybe you push it, maybe you do 72 hours. Um, but fasting, just having a period of time that you are fasting and you're allowing all of those wonderful benefits that come with fasting to happen, and then you have other days of the week that you're eating, you're feasting, and you're not restricting foods at all, um, with the exception of watching carbohydrates and sugar, of course, but you're eating all of the fat that you want, all of the proteins association, you're making sure that you're eating plenty, and on those days that you're fasting, it's okay to exercise. Um, again, you're still kind of new into this, three weeks in. I mean, I'm usually asking my clients to give the first three months I want them to be taking it kind of easy on the exercise. So I don't know what exercise you're doing, but um, but if it's working for you, then that's fine. Um, but, but, you know, doing some of this um, maybe one day fast or two day fast and then sprinkling that into your weeks and kind of breaking things up that way. That might be another option. But so, yeah, so I think um, oftentimes people do find it hard to hit their macros and to get a, the adequate amount of food into their bodies when they're at intermittent fasting. So it isn't something that I recommend doing day in and day out. I think that we need to switch it up. I don't think we need to intermittent fast the same way every single day unless you are really making an effort to make sure that you are getting plenty of food in into that one or two meals a day that you are eating. So I hope that that answered your question, Chad, and um, gave you some different options and things to think about that you can do. And you know what's working for you now um, may not work for you down the road. So it's good to have kind of these ideas in your head and be like, okay, when this isn't working any longer, then I'll switch it up. So um, hopefully that helps and gave you some ideas and You've got some ideas for the future. All right, guys. Well, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. And I've got some really great interviews. I've been stockpiling some really good ones. I'm going to have coming out here in the next few weeks. Don't forget, head over to my website, www.jessicatai.com. Click on the links that tell you how to get signed up for my class um, or get signed up for my um, free ebook that I will be happy to send you. Don't forget class classes start next week, Wednesday, 
June 26th. Um, if you miss the deadline, don't worry. You can still sign up. We'll still get you the links to any of them that you missed as they will all be recorded. And I really, really hope that you guys will join me. I'm super excited to meet as many of you as possible. And I'm just really happy that I've been able to finally get this off the ground and be able to do this online for those of you that cannot do classes in person. All right. Thanks so much, guys. And I will be talking to you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode. 